Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday. It's May 11th, and you're listening to episode 56 of the Chasing Points podcast. We're your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's up, everyone? My name is Sam. I was going to make fun of you. Uh, and I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm a sucker for punishment, I guess. I was I was definitely going to mimic you. And I was just like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to leave you alone, Sam. You had uh, you've had it rough enough. There you go. Uh, appreciate it, man. Got you. You're so thoughtful. <laughs> How, you How are you doing, man? What's up? Oh, so you got to beat you to it this time. Yeah, you got to answer first now. I'm living the dream. I don't know whose dream, but I'm living it. I am not living the dream because it's not my dream. So, uh, but I'm 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 happy the weather is finally breaking. And oh, it's gorgeous on the East Coast. Absolutely amazing. So, I'm great. As the weather becomes better, I become even better. So, you guys are just gonna start to hear full on energy, Brandon. I mean, you get energy from me, but it's gonna be a different type of energy. So, it's also a little better when we record five hours earlier in the afternoon than we're used to. So yep, we're yeah. still awake, which is good. That is for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, when the weather's better, we're better. It's just seasonal depression is a thing, man. <laughs> that melatonin, man. That uh, That's what I need. That's what I need. There you go. Serotonin. Serotonin. Yeah, that's melatonin. I, I, was, like, I knew it was a tonin. Melatonin definitely puts you to sleep. Give me all the tonin. Give me every tonin. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's get into this. Man. Nice. Yeah, man. Tonight on the pod, we're going to check in on the baseball season. We're about a month or so in. Just kind of take a little glance at how our picks are doing and, you know, what we take away from the first month or so of the season. We got a UFC corner. It was fight night, fight weekend. Canelo was in the ring. We'll react to that. <laughs> And uh, we're going to talk about Tom Brady's new deal. Oh, boo. But first, let's uh, let's jump back in. It's it's round two. It's the NBA conference semifinals. Uh, you know, we last uh, jumped in last week about this, and a lot has cha- changed Hayes in the last week or so. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's just start with the uh, Suns and Mavs. We'll start with the games that are actually playing tonight. So that'd be... Suns Mavs, uh, the Heat Sixers, uh, but we'll start with Suns and Mavs. We'll start out West. Um, I don't know what is well. We'll we'll talk about with something more serious first. Uh, if you've been paying attention, have heard the news. Uh, CP3, Chris Paul, uh, they ended up ejecting or throwing a fan out of the stadium. Um, the original reports were they're harassing the family, not saying that that's changed. Uh, but it, it made it sound like in my belief, what it was worse. I thought there was verbally abusive, which I think there still was, uh, from at least from people around. But my understanding is that this gentleman was trying to hug, uh, members of Chris Paul's family. Now, I don't think any of that is right at all. Uh, but I'm sure that weighed on Chris, uh, Chris's mind. I don't know when he found out about it. Uh, but he he later put up a tweet uh, talking about how uh, essentially you're you don't want us, uh, you know, going after the fans, but the fans are able to do things such as this. Uh, and that's pretty much BS. I, I think the NBA has been doing a really good job, though, however, uh, with the fans uh, that do uh, these ridiculous acts. Uh, they're getting them up and out of there right away if they can. And if not, they're going to the cameras and they're banning these people pretty much 
forever, which I think should happen uh, because it's not fair that you think that you have the ability to talk to these people anyway and throw objects and or do whatever to them and they cannot retaliate. It's it's you, you got to understand that these some of these NBA players come from the roughest of rough spots and you're dealing with people that will earth you. They're also superior athletes and they I'm pretty sure they have more strength than most of the people that are in the stadium or arena uh, and they could probably harm them to an extent that I don't think anybody wants to see, but uh, I'm, I'm happy the NBA was swift. I'm happy that within the arena, they were swift to react to that uh, and move forward. So before I move forward to the next part, anything you have to say in, in regards to that situation, Sam? Yeah, man, you're, you know, I don't understand what some of these protests are about. I'm all for the right to peacefully protest, but you got, you got, uh, people gluing themselves to the court, chaining themselves to the, to the, you know, the, the backboard, uh, you know, the fans throwing and harassing the Yankee fans, uh, harassing the Cleveland guardian play outfielders. And after Stephen Kwan ran into a wall and got hurt. Um, and, and then you have this situation by, you know, I, you know, uh, by one of the most respected NBA players in, yep. in history, let yep. alone, currently i mean he's the president of the nba pa he is one of the elder statesmen of this modern nba former president yeah former president yeah and everybody just loves cp3 now the narrative can he shake off you know the series is tied at 2-2 he since turning 37 last week he looks like a different player but certainly the situation could get under anyone's skin especially when your family is sitting courtside right behind your bench and you uh get you know get a whiff of of what is going on with them you know basketball is secondary i think we would both agree to the health and and uh, safety of our families and and really everyone in the court on the court in the arena for sure so well you yeah. mentioned about his performance i mean he had seven turnovers which is the first time he's had that in his in one half career in, yeah. in one half yeah um out out itself currently tonight i know when you guys hear this it would be the next day but uh they have him the the prop bet for his scoring is is over under on 16.5 points if you do not pick the over you're an idiot um there's i really feel that chris ball is going to have 25 um it's not really much that you can make off of it, but there's, I don't see any way that he does not have 25 after hearing all this noise and probably the anger that he has. I think he's probably going to have the best game uh, that we've seen from him. now. Devin Booker's out here putting up points as well and adding 30 and whatnot. But I really need to see that Devin Booker moment that he's taking over and like, Hey, listen, like we're, we need to get to these finals again and win what is, what is ours. So I'm waiting to see that. Uh, on the opposite side, Luca has been balling pretty much every game uh, except for the last game, uh, and the Mavs won that game. Uh, so I don't know if the tide has changed with the series being tied now 2 2. Uh, but I'm really curious to see who else is going to show up and be there all the time because we get flashes from uh Jalen Brunson, we have flashes from Spencer Didwitty, um, but we need to see if they're going to be able to do this as a unit. Um, without that, Luca is and the Mavs aren't going to be able to go because even though 
the Suns know that Luka's going to get it. They can't really stop him. But if his other teammates aren't really scoring and supporting, uh, it's going to make it easier for the Suns. But I still have the Suns winning the series. Uh, the game five is tonight, as mentioned. Um, the next one is, yeah, which is Tuesday night. Um, I still have the Suns winning the series as I have them in the finals. So uh, has your pick changed, Sam? You know, the maps have played very well and i've been impressed especially with like what i've seen from you mentioned dinwiddie and and the supporting cast but brunson uh, you know has has stepped it up as as he has really all year mm-hmm. um but i you know i think the suns are just the better team they're in phoenix tonight right i, I, I believe so yes i i just think this i think phoenix is a better team um i almost kind of feel like you just let luca beat you and yes there's um things. Yeah, you let Luca beat you and just see if you can stop the supporting cast. You know, he's going to it's it's like similar to Giannis, right? Like Giannis is going to get his numbers whether it's, you know, 25 or 35 and you know just dominate the boards and whatnot. Just kind of let Luca play his game and you know and and shut down, you know, uh the rest of the team. That's kind of my approach, but uh you know, that's I guess that's how I'll, I see it at least. I, I still have the Suns um, going away with this, even though the series is tied at two. Okay. Well, another series that's tied at two and is also playing bigger game five tonight is the Heat 76ers. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, Joel has come back in game three and the Sixers won that in his return. And they won game four uh, with a performance from James Harden, which was a throwback performance and been the talk of the town. I I wanted to text you this, Sam, but I purposely saved it for the podcast. I've watched these ESPN analysts. I've watched uh, uh, Coherd talk about it. Uh, I've watched uh, Shannon and uh, Skip talk about this, Stephen A., so on and so forth, right? Talk about James Harden doesn't have it anymore, right? And then... James Harding goes out here and has the best game uh, that he's had, in my opinion, since he's been with uh, the the Sixers and balls out, in my opinion. Right. So he dropped. Let me see how many points that he actually had. He had 40. Excuse me. He had 31 points, nine assists, seven rebounds in 41 minutes. All right. So he led the team in scoring. Joel had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and then two assists. So the offense was running through James. He looked absolutely unstoppable in the fourth quarter. But my point that I was making with all the analysts is how badly they've been talking about James since he's arrived there. And then the day after, like, oh, no, James still has this in him. He can still, I was like, stop with the nonsense. Okay. Please stop with the nonsense. Even a broken clock is right two times a day. All right. And that is his flash right there. I don't care. I'm telling you right now, tonight, he will not have that performance that he had last. And I don't think he's going to find him. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll come on here and admit that. I just think that it was a flash in a pan. And I don't think he's going to get it off like that. Um, So I guess let me ask you first, what were your thoughts on his performance? And do you think he will repeat this performance? I mean, you don't, I mean, yeah, Skip, Stephen A., whoever, like, they can say that, but you saw it firsthand. He, mm-hmm. he hasn't had a performance like this 
since he was on the Rockets. And like, we're not even talking like James Harden in a fat suit on the Rockets. Like we're talking like vintage playoff Harden. And, you know, you would attest to that more than anyone. I mean, we, we sat here, we were on the air when this trade happened from uh, the Rockets to Brooklyn. We talked about him going to Philly. He certainly hasn't performed like this. Do I think he could do it again? Do I think he's capable of it? Sure. Of course. course. He has all the tools for it. Yeah. He, you know, when he's locked in, when he's not at the strip club, when he's (laughs) in shape, he can be the, still be one of the best players in basketball. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure of that, but we, we just haven't seen it and we haven't seen it for a long time now, even though he had moments with the nets and if he didn't get hurt in the playoffs, you know, may have been a different story. You know, even though he was out there willing his way with the Nets last year. Um, so do I think he could do it again? Sure. But you need him to do this again if the Sixers had any shot. That's how I kind of felt when Embiid went down. This is the second time Embiid's broken his face. You know what I mean? Like in like four years. I'm No, I, it's funny. I, but I, like know, it's, I know. It's totally it's like he's already had this injury. He's should have been the MVP. I'll co-sign to that. You know, we'll get into that too. Um, But if you get James Harden clicking like this and Embiid and and you get performances from Maxi and, and the rest of the team, yeah, this, the, the the, um, Sixers can, can beat this heat team. I just don't know how likely it is that we're going to continue to see this Harden uh, performance week after week. So I'd have to agree with you. I, I think they, well, I don't think I know they need James Harden in order to get to this next level or and or uh, the championship, uh, the NBA finals is because without that teams are. Yes, it's hard to stop Joel still one on one. But if you can game plan for him, you can do certain things right to keep him out of the fray. And if you double team or do certain things like that, there's going to be somebody open. Right. And if James can hit down, knock down that shot, you got to play them straight up and playing them straight up is going to be very, very hard with with um, Maxi, uh, with Tobias Harris playing out of his mind recently. Um, they they have the capability of you having to play them straight up. And I don't see many teams uh, being able to beat them straight up like that. Um, Joel being back. I know he was in a dark room for like a week due to the concussion and with the orbital bone broken. Um, but since he's returned, he looks like his true MVP form, um, which I still think he should have been, which we'll talk about that right after I say this next part. Um, but I think with him being that they still have the chance, but I, that also depends on the heat, right? So the heat, Jimmy Buckets is doing what he has to do. You got Bam out of bio doing what he has to do. Um, and Jimmy had a great game. Too. He, he's, I mean, he's had, had a, a great, great series. series. Yeah, yeah good great series. series. Jimmy always balls. Um, the, the issue is the supporting cast, right? You have the sixth man of the year and Tyler Hero uh, kind of disappeared in, in recent games. Uh, was his name uh, Duncan? Like what's Duncan the name? Robinson's Thank just you. on the bench because he's yes. a liability. And it's crazy yeah. that everybody has been asking where he's been because he's been the best shooter on the team and hasn't even touched the court in this series, which is because of his defense, as Sam just mentioned. And with Kyle Lowry out for game five and not really have been a factor in this this series, that's a huge miss right there. That's a, a big piece of what 
they wanted uh, for this time of the year, and they're missing out on that. So I, I there's going to have to be a mix. They're going to have to be able to uh, get these shooters open and get them some, some set shots to knock this down because without that, uh, they're not going to win in the paint. Uh, they're not big enough. Um, and those scoring lanes are going to be where the battle is going to happen if the six or excuse me, if the heat can't hit threes, period. Um, your thoughts on what the heat need to do, uh, any thoughts on what they've been doing, uh, before I get into this MVP, uh, (laughs) conversation. I I think just back to Harden for a second, I think you saw uh, you aside from the numbers and he was hitting, hitting shots, but he, he just seemed more like aggressive. I know that like the broadcast and all the talking heads are saying, just had confidence in his shots and he was, he was putting down some threes and he just, it just looked like old Harden to me. And I just feel like he, I don't know, maybe it was a confidence thing. Once you start hitting shots, you kind of just feel better. Um, but that's going with him and Embiid. This is, you know, again, if they're both playing to what they can be, and if it beats, you know, 80% of his normal self, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging. Um, I still like, I still like the heat in this series. I know La- no Lowry tonight, um, but you know I would almost, I would uh, similar to what I just said about the last series. I'd almost make Cardin do it again. You know, try to do it again. I, I would. That would yeah. be my goal. Is okay. So do it again, right? That's a that's a <laughs> a scary thing to do because if he could do it again. Right. So the chances of him, like, we don't know, is he going to be, is this going to like send a jolt through him and, and revitalize James Harden and bring him back to what we once knew? Or as I said, is it just a flash in the pan? So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, but what we don't have to wait and see is who the MVP is. And it's Nikola Jokic again, um, winning the MVP back to back years. Um, congratulations to him. Uh, it for me it was between him and Joel, but I had Joel uh, winning the MVP. Uh, he's been the best player in the NBA since uh, the All Star break, I, and even a little bit before that, in my opinion as well. But uh, Joel, I I know he's going to come out playing angry tonight because of that. Uh, so I, I the Heat are going to have to worry about that too. Um, but I do think he was he was snubbed. And I do think he should have won. I know he has a better supporting cast than Jokic, which I think was probably the deciding factor for some people that voted uh, because he doesn't have uh, Murray. Uh, so I get it. Uh, his supporting cast is not the greatest, and yet still they were still in the playoffs. But um, it just sucks to see Joel not get it and in, in the hard work that he he, he has put in. Uh, what are your your thoughts on yeah. that? It's been a it's been a really good year as far as just. Um like the talent for the MVP award, you can even make a case that Giannis deserved a lot of attention in this yeah. conversation as well. So um, it's, it's kind of, I know it's a regular season award, but I can't help but to think like, that's what makes this like the time that it elapses between the end of the regular season. And um, you know, when this award is announced, yeah. Like, Jokic, the, the Nuggets are long gone from from this playoff picture, and Embiid's 
still in it. So it's just like the optics of it are weird too. And I know Jokic had another great season. And I guess you could look at like everyone's numbers, supporting cast, and it's kind of like we're we're just uh splitting hairs here. But I, I don't know. I just I don't know. Maybe just Embiid's just more likable to me. Like I just the personality again, trying not to be a buy have bias with um the playoffs underway still and their te- his team still in it. And I don't I don't even think you're being biased in that situation because I think we hear more of Embiid's personality anyway. Right. right. We we've seen how he how active he is on Twitter, how active he is, his antics in the game, um, how he doesn't back down. Like he's a polarizing player, right? Nikola Jokic is He's a for basketball players like we know that or basketball fans that watch and people that play the game, we know how crazy talented that he is and know how deserving he is from his basketball talent. But it's kind of like I related to our our statement that we say on baseball. Uh, if if he was just walking past you in the street, you would probably be like you would assume that he's probably does a, plays a sport because he's really really tall, but you. Outside of that, he does not look like a basketball player. There's really no marketability with him, um, which why you haven't seen anything. Like he's now the MVP two years in a row. I haven't seen one commercial with him in it, right? That's his marketability. There's there's really no market that I've seen for him thus far. Like outside of inside the NBA, like well-respected in the NBA for his game. But once you go outside the NBA, it's like nobody really cares at a yoke, about Jokic at all. Right. So I, I it just sucks. I, I still think they both are deserving. I, I it's just who makes the votes and it's these writers. And I get it. I get it. I can't really argue that he's at two years in a row, uh, but I still would have gave it to Joel. Yeah, I'm just, you know, and I, I think I made this point last week, but and we've talked about this in the past, like just I'm just continue to be impressed. With it's like a light switch went off, went on for Embiid. Like he got, like he took, like he's taking basketball more seriously. And I, I don't, you know, aside from like videos of him in the gym, and so I just feel like he looks like a different player than he than he was years ago. He's put in the work. He, his, you know, he's he's taking his health more seriously. His conditioning. He's just a. You know, he's got that pure talent. He's coasted on that talent for a long time. And he probably, without making those like big adjustments, would have just been fine. You like, is there another level to Joel Embiid would probably be the question that we would ask us continue to ask ourselves. And I just feel like he's that like he's there now. And I, I just I'm impressed with that because um, you know, I I, I don't know. He's just he just the most one of the most dominant players in, in basketball. Well, I mean, he's reeled in his health, which was huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still gets hurt uh, all every season, at least once a season, something happens to him. Uh, but I think all that work ethic changed when Jimmy Buckets was there, uh, the person that he's going against, uh, because he he brought a, a different type. He works all the time. He's a hard worker, and that's just how he's been since he was in Marquette in college. So he he's always going to work. He's the guy that's overlooked and he's going to outwork you no matter what. And that rubbed off on Joel, which is why Joel and him are really, really yeah. close friends. Like they, after being there in, in Philly. Um, but I, I, I get it. I'm just very, very happy for him. Um, 
game five of the Grizz Warriors is tomorrow, uh, or excuse me, when you guys hear this today um, at 935. Uh, the Warriors are up 3-1. Uh, Sam and I both had the Warriors winning that series. And oh, by the way, I still have the Heat winning that series. But if James Harden does what he does again, uh, that is going to change the the, com- the complex of what is going on in that series. But I still have the Heat winning. You still have the Heat winning, or yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. All right, so Warriors up three one again. Um, I don't think uh, I, I've said they were going to win the series. I said that I thought it was going to be in five, maybe even six. I don't remember what I said, um, but with no jaw which is out from a this this whole series has been weird with this whole code situation um to to give you guys a rundown uh Draymond I forgot who he fouled uh but he went for the ball and essentially grabbed his jersey went down pulled the guy down tried to be supportive and help him back up he gets ejected uh from the game Dylan Brooks the following game comes down and essentially clotheslines Gary Payton Jr., uh, who lands awkwardly on his arm, hyperextends it uh, to the point I think he fractured his elbow, uh, is my understanding, and he's out for the rest of the series. So they lost a key player uh, because of that. And, And at that point in time, Steve Kerr took it upon himself to say that that went against the code. He broke the code. Um I'm going to take this time to tell Steve Kerr with all due respect to shut the hell up. That's what I'm going to do because you have had Draymond green on your team since you became the head coach and Draymond is consistently getting himself involved in situations. Uh, last I remember he kicked LeBron in the balls. Um, I guess that's not breaking the code. Um, what is his name? Um, what was the center's name? I can't remember his name. Oh, damn it. I forgot his name, but he was live also podcasting. Was, everyone it's, it's, uh, we're I'm, live. I'm trying. <laughs> Thanks. Sam. Good, man. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, warriors player, uh, that it was a center, but basically oh, Andrew he, Bogut. No, not Andrew Bogut. Um, Kevin uh, Looney. No, uh, he's like European. Um, I'll remember it. But anyway, he basically was super, super dirty during his time as well uh, with that. And Steve Kerr has the nerve to act as if his players have never broken said code. Um, Now, John Morant is out uh, after Jordan Poole was going for the ball, but then did this weird swipe that rubbed or pulled against John Morant's knee. Um, they also have shown footage that earlier in the game that he bumped knees with Clay uh, Thompson, uh, which could have done it. So there's no telling, but it's basketball. You can hurt your knee at any point in time. Uh, I can tell you this from experience. Um, but yeah, now, now Jaws out. And I got to be honest, even if Ja was in this game I, or in the rest of the series, I don't think it would even matter. Um, if they can get John 100% back, then yes. Yes, it will make a difference. But I think this is just a growing 
situation, a learning situation for this young Grizz team. And they're going to be a problem in the next two to three years, possibly even next year. Um, but I, I do honestly, as much as it hurts me, um, I do think that this series is over. Um, what are your, your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, it doesn't look like Jaws going to play. And as you mentioned, I agree with you. I don't, I think even if he does, um, and he wouldn't be a hundred percent. I don't, I think this, I think the Warriors are just a better team. The Grizz are definitely more athletic. They could run with anyone in the NBA and they just, you know, uh, they're just an explosive team. And I think they will be a problem for a long time. Um, but this Warriors team has just been in this situation so many times. I mean, this is a must must win game for the Grizzlies. And and sure, certainly, yeah, the Warriors have been up 3-1 too. We've seen how this has gone before. But I, I will take the side that has Steve Kerr um and and Clay and Steph and and even Draymond if he can stay on the court. Um, I, I just think this Warriors team is better. And um you know, I, but I definitely think John and company will be around for a while. I'm really just impressed with the season that they had, especially how that team performs without John the court. They they have an incredible record without John playing, um, which, you know, could come into effect tonight. But, I, you know, again, I, I'd put my money on the Warriors. Uh, the player I was talking team. about is Zaza Pachulia, um, dirty Zaza. Um uh, from 2016 is when he joined that Warriors team. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Clay is not the Clay that we once knew. I mean, this is also his first year back sure. from a major injury that had several setbacks. So, I mean, the fact that he's even playing to this high ability at this point in time is kudos to him. Um, Steph, Steph doesn't look like his, his elite self yet. Right. And don't forget, he was injured, had a, a injury at uh, at some point in this season to him was out for quite some time. So he came back right for round one of the playoffs. So he's still trying to get his basketball legs, playoff legs. And I'm sure once he gets it, we will all know because we'll have one of those vintage performances or I wouldn't even call it vintage performances. It's just a Steph Curry performance when he just can't miss a three. Uh, I'm sure that's that's definitely on the horizon. But again, still have the Warriors winning this. I think I had the, the series going a little bit further, but I think it might end uh, when you guys when they play today. Um, but I guess we'll just have to see another series that's super, super interesting. And I think this is going to be this is going to decide who's coming out of the East uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, I agree. And I don't think I, I really don't care what anybody says. I'm glad you agree as well. Um, but it's the Celtics Bucks. Uh, the series is tied 2-2. Uh, they will be playing at 7 p.m. today. Uh, this series has been so intriguing. There's been so many back and forths uh, in this. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest uh, what ifs in this situation or when if we are going to get anything Um is Giannis has been out here absolutely balling. I, I think he's taken the crown of being the best player in the NBA um, at this point in time. Uh, and, and at least remaining in the, the finals, he is the best, or excuse me, in the playoffs, he's the best player right now. But my question, I guess I will pose to you, and the question I've been asking myself is, 
do the Bucks get back to the finals without Chris Middleton? You know, I don't know what to make of the series anymore. Um, I really like the Celtics team. Was really impressed with how they played the Nets and locked down Durant and just made them look silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Bucks team is a really good team, and I didn't. I wouldn't think that they'd be this good without Middleton. But I mean, Drew Holiday just has been a very good. You know, has stepped it up this game, the series, and is just a lockdown defensive player too. And and Giannis is probably the best defensive player in the league. I mean, up there, top, you know, whatever we could throw around numbers, you know, he's just such a dominant force and, and to add, you know, his, to this, the, the pull up shooting that he has now to that, get to his game has, has just been incredible to watch. Do I think they can win? Yeah. And I, I don't even know what I predicted last week. I have no idea. And there's been so much going back and forth and then you get a monster game from Al Horford looking like vintage Al Horford out there, um, which is really cool to see. And um, I, I, I think the bucks win this series, but I'll, I'm going to hedge here because I, I do like the Celtics team a lot. I've always liked the core of Tatum and, and Brown. Um, and when you get contributions from anyone else, it make it, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier, especially, you know, Tatum was kind of disappeared last game a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to hedge here, but I, I, I think the Bucks can certainly do it without Middleton. Is he expected back next, next week or next series? I'm not sure. I, I haven't kept up with that. I know it's a, a sprain MCL. I don't know what the timetable is on that. Um, but I'm, i would like to see him back, but the fact that they're still balling without him, um, yeah, it says a lot, right? It says a whole lot in this situation. And um, I'm just, I'm intrigued by the Celtics right now. Like I normally hate every Boston team period, but there's always players on Boston that it's just like, damn, you're so good. I like you. Mookie Betts was one of them, was one of my favorite baseball players, period, like currently right now. Um, But then you also have Jason Tatum, who I absolutely love his game, like love his game, love his relationship uh, with his son. Uh, love that he's a so, part of Jordan. So Brand. refreshing, yeah. Yes, so refreshing to see that relationship, yeah. Um, and seeing how he, all the players love his son as well, too. Um, but then also uh, Jalen Brown. I, I think he's he's not talked enough about in this league, uh, and I think this is his opportunity to potentially be talked about more. Um, but the fact that they have a first year coach and they have at they had the best defense in the regular season currently the best defense in the postseason is the bucks the team that they're playing um but the celtics have been the best team since all-star break and i i think you have to attribute it to how they play that defense but also i think this is jason tatum's coming out party this is his 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 ascension to superstardom um, and I don't think anybody can take that away uh, from him. I'm just happy the way that he, he's been playing. And the, he literally went from KD 
to Giannis, right? It didn't get easier, and he's still doing what he has to do. Um, I know you said that you you have the Bucks, so I don't. My question is: Do you think the Celtics are this good? Meaning, like, were they good enough to continue forward? Think I think that. Yeah. Again, I said I, I hedged there. I I would not be surprised if the Celtics mm-hmm. took the series at all. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I agree with you. Tatum took that took that jump. We saw it last last series, as you mentioned, um, and. I, I think he's arrived. I, I think if you're a Celtics fan and you watch them every day, mm-hmm. um, like I know, you know, a lot of my good friends do, they've would tell you he's already there. Yeah. Uh, he was there long before the net series, but it's just, it's, these are the big moments, right? And this is kind of what defines, I think he really needs to come out at the, of this series to really like secure it. But in my eyes, I think, yeah, he's definitely, I don't I don't know what top five means anymore. I don't know top ten. I mean, maybe I mean we could quickly go through it, but I, I you know that's no insult to him. I feel like the top five is like a rotating list. Like we we called Kevin Durant the best player in basketball all season, uh, which we could agree with. He's not in top five. He's in top ten. Yeah. He's on well, top. what I was going to mean is like you could easily say Giannis is the best player in basketball mm-hmm. right now, and no one would argue with you. Correct. There was a time where you could say it was obviously for a decade it was LeBron, and you could mm-hmm. say it was at one point like Kawhi or whatever. So it's a rotating list to me. But could you make a case that he's in the top ten, Tatum? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely, definitely top ten. He hasn't broken top five. Like there's, there's still Braun out there, still old, still doing what he has to do. Um, you got Luka. Katie, you got Giannis, Giannis you, got yeah. Luka, you got Steph. Um, yeah, there's, there's too many, too many good names out there that I would put before him. But again, I think he's in the top 10. I, he might even be 10. I would have to really think about a list. And I think that's going to be my challenge to myself is to come back with, uh, uh, a list, uh, for top sure. Five, top five, top, top five. five. Yep. There you go. Um, so that's, that's been the, uh, NBA playoffs. Super, super happy that. Uh, We get to see some more playoff basketball for us tonight. And then when you guys hear this today, again, um, just love this time of year for sure. Um, Also love this time of year because uh, we get to go out to the ball game. Sam, where where am I talking about, man? And what am I talking about? Well, we're about a month into the a sixth of the way into the baseball season. And I, you know, we just pause right here. There's a handful of teams that have 20 wins. But most, uh, most imp- actually, there's only three teams that have 20 wins. Uh, <laughs> one is the LA Angels of Anaheim. The other two reside in New York City. Um, and the Yankees are the best team in the American League. And I think the Mets are one game or half a game out from the Dodgers, just record, um, record-wise for being the best team in the, the NL. I could be wrong there. But um, regardless, the Mets and the Yankees are just thriving right now and uh doing it you know i could speak more to the yankees because i've watched almost every yankee in the season but um they're just doing it in so many different ways it's been a lot of fun to watch and there are a lot of question marks that we had going into this baseball season for our baseball team and it's just been really fun to watch so far what do you think what's your impression so far of the young season I mean, I don't want to speak too soon <laughs> because um, I, I don't like to jinx our our team. Um, 
that's that's just me. Um, I, I'm I'm very happy. I mean, they they ran off a ten game win streak when it looked gloomy. It looked like Garrett Cole wasn't going to be, you know, Garrett Cole. But uh, I, they I think they're starting to mesh in such a a great way. Uh, there's no current productivity coming from the catcher position right now. Um, uh, Higgy basically <laughs> essentially blew his load in and uh, spring training and now here we are and there's no offense but i will still take both of these catchers because they are one million times better defensively than that guy that used to be here uh that's gary sanchez and what a find by cashman because jose trevino who they just Mm -hmm. stole from the rangers has been the best pitch framer in in baseball he's got a little pop and yeah it's really disappointing to see that higgy's kind of did blow his load and had like eight or nine home runs in the spring training yeah. and that was it he's done nothing since and he's really lost playing time to Trevino but man what what he's done with this pitching staff and with this uh you know the the technology they're using to to do the signs and like everything's just sped up and the Yankees the Yankees just beat the the Rangers two out of three and they only scored five runs all weekend. Yeah. And like the, the and pitching the, has been out of control. It's been wild. They've been balling in the little league ballpark. Um, <laughs> but we have uh, my man Nestor out here, Mr. Nestor Cortez out here, who I think is, is what is a huge part of what's coming together for the Yankees at this point in time is because you, you didn't, you knew he had stuff and he's, so confident in itself, but it's it's just like you can have all the confidence in the world. It's like, but what do you do when you're on that mound? And he was flirting with a no hitter yesterday. Or uh, well, when you guys hear this two days ago. Uh, but the fact that he's he's elevated himself in this, uh, this pitching rotation, finally the Yankees seem to have pitching, which is something that I <laughs> I know Sam and I have been screaming as fans for like what? <laughs> like eight yeah. years now, yeah, I think. It's been a while, man. Um, so I probably since their World Series team, I'd say we've been streaming for a whole a whole new pitching staff, um, or a better one. And and this is what we're finally getting. Uh the Mets on the other end, uh, this is Sam's pick, if I remember correct, to go from the NL to the World Series. Um and I know Mets fans that are listening are probably sitting here like we know how our team does, right? And I, I've i said the same thing about the Yankees because this is what the Yankees have done as of recent, right? They don't have the major collapse. They normally just lose in like a wild card game, which is still irritating. I'd much rather my team be out of it and not get to that point that they can take the next step and then it just don't. Um, but the Nets, Mets look really, really good. And the craziest part of this all is they don't even have the best pitcher in baseball Pitching. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Which, which is the scariest part of it all is they do not have Mr. Jacob DeGrom pitching. And that is wild. So just imagine what's going to happen when he is back in the rotation, whenever that may be, um, which is, I know that's a mystery in itself, but the Mets look really, really good. 
Um, and the Dodgers look really, really good too. I, I just, it's just hard, hard to say anything about that. Um, the angels I'm, I'm thoroughly shocked, but they've been building up a team out there, uh, for a while. Uh, and I'm happy to see that the angels actually look good. Cause I, I love playing with the angels in the show just to say, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's my, uh, my, uh, my pieces about, uh, what's going on with baseball. I haven't really been watching as much as I, I want to, uh, but I, I will be. I will be more once the NBA playoffs are out of the way. Yeah, um, similar to the Yankees, the Mets, like every day, they beat you a different way. Everyone's contributing. It's been cool to see. Um, you know, top teams in run differential uh, in, in baseball right now, the mm-hmm. Dodgers are at plus 70. In second place, the Yankees are at plus 49. Then you have at 30 plus 36, the Mets, and then the Angels at plus 35. Um, and Milwaukee's in there at plus 30. And and that's that's how you win ball games. I don't think the Yankee differential at this time last year was anywhere close to 49 runs. So uh, you know, you love to see it. Uh, you know, offense around the league has just been down in general. And as it is in April, a lot of rainouts, it's cold. There's a new baseball that's kind of been deadened. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no more sticky stuff. So it's a lot of, and we'll continue to hopefully see baseball being more enjoyable. They're getting rid of the shift next year, which I can't wait. Um, so that's exciting. We'll obviously keep you updated with what's going on in the baseball season as the league, uh, as the season rolls on and, especially when basketball season's over. But um, speaking of things going on, though, it's that time. It's time for UFC Corner. And I'll just, disclaimer, didn't watch the UFC 274. So this is all. I'm just going to go on mute for the next five minutes. This is Brandon's show. For the listeners that... Uh, are here frequently you already knew that sam wasn't going to watch this yeah there's there any doubt for for those that don't this is a running joke that is actually reality um but yeah uh i tried i made an effort you did try it's it's okay sam was being safe and he gets a pass in this one um usc uh 274 uh the main bout was charles Oliveira, mr dubronx himself uh, Mr. Justin Gaethje over here, who I absolutely love. Uh, this ended in the first round uh, in three minutes and 22 seconds by Oliveira choking out Justin Gaethje. Now, to give a little background on this, at the weigh-in, Oliveira missed weight by 0.5 pounds, which means... He had to vacate his belt. So there was no way in this fight that he could win this belt. He would win money. He would be the number one uh, contender for the the belt since it was vacated. But he there was no way he could win this fight. Justin Gaethje was literally the only person that could actually win the belt. As I just mentioned, Justin Gaethje got choked out. <laughs> uh, he did not win the belt. Um, and I put $50 on him to win because uh, it would have got me like, I forgot, it was, it was plus 155 it was. I think it was higher at that point in time. Uh, so I just threw money on there. Knowing Oliveira is a absolute problem, uh, but I went with Gaethje's hands and was hoping that would have done something. 
Yeah, no, I shouldn't have went against Oliveira. Um, he Gaethje knocked Oliveira on his ass twice. Um, but Oliveira retaliated <laughs> and put him on the ground. And once he put him on the ground, he did not let him up. And it was a rear naked choke. And that was sunk in so deep. It was scary. I would hate to be in a position like that. I think I put that on. It's on my list of fears now is to get rear naked choked. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Um, the set, the co-main event uh, was, which was for the title, which was held by Rose Namajunas. Um, for the women's strawweight belt, she uh, her opponent was Carla Esperanza. Carla Esperanza won that fight, and Rose did not look like herself at all. She pretty much danced around until like the last couple of rounds. Uh, but Carla was the aggressor. Uh, her takedowns are what won her that bout. Um, and she is now the champ. So I'm sure. Uh, Rose is probably going to exercise a rematch. I'm sure that was in her clause. Uh, that's going to happen. So it was a split decision, uh, but Rose did lose. Uh, Carla is the new strawweight uh, champion. Now, the performance of the night, the fight of the night. <laughs> I, I don't even know if you can consider it to be the fight of the night after that KO. But Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Two well, Tony Ferguson is one of my favorite fighters, uh, but Tony is getting up there in age, uh, and he, I'm starting to feel like he's slowing down. And Michael Chandler is one of the best in MMA, uh, coming over from Bellator, if I remember correctly. Uh, this was a lightweight bout, this only lasted two rounds, and <laughs> it was 17 seconds in the second round that Michael Chandler ended. I thought he ended Tony Ferguson's life, Sam. <laughs> it was the front kick from hell. And when I say they put it in slow-mo, his whole scalp to the back of his head literally moved like a wave and all of a sudden dropped straight to the ground and was out absolutely cold. Uh, for those that are squeamish, uh, I would not look at that at all, but that front kick was straight down center and he kicked him under his jaw and i you could i felt like i watched his soul escape his body on that kick that's how crazy that kick was but chandler immediately after called out conor mcgregor um and Oliveira also called out conor mcgregor these guys want to fight them so they can get the money, it's not because of Connor's talent anymore. Connor is not that anymore. Um, but it's just a, a payday, and they know the draw that Connor will sell the hell out of that fight, and it's gonna be crazy. Uh, so I'm interested to see what's going on there. Uh, undercard is pretty good, but we don't need to go into those. The three top on the card are what we need to talk about because they were what everybody was there for. Um, now to segue. And this is going to be a segue to, to do you care, you know, our favorite game. Um, Canelo, Canelo, Canelo. Canelo Alvarez fought Dimitri uh, Bivol. I don't remember how Bivoli, however you say his last name. Uh, let's just say Dimitri dominated Canelo all 12 rounds. 
Uh, Canelo, I barely used his jab. I didn't even get to watch it because I was watching UFC because I didn't care to watch the Canelo fight. I was just hoping that he would lose. Uh, and he did. It was a super shock for me when I got the alert across my phone. Uh, but I'm very, very happy about this. And Dimitri says he wants to now come down to Canelo's weight where he's holding the belt to beat him there and take his belt from there because Canelo's exercising his rematch. And Dimitri was like, okay, we can exercise it, but we're going to do it at your weight for your belt now. So I hope he beats him and, and gives him two losses in a row. Uh, but I, the reason why I'm so ecstatic about this, and for those that have no idea why I'm ecstatic about this, is because Canelo has been ducking the best fighters in the world. He's trying to what people deem uh, what Floyd has done. Even though Floyd fought several tougher people, some questionable, and towards the end of his career, Floyd, uh, Floyd always gave a, a good fight. Now, people hate that Floyd was always moving, but the objective in boxing, for those that aren't aware, is to hit and not to get hit. So I think he, he, he succeeded in that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Was it 50 and 0? Yeah, exactly. So Canelo has been dunking uh, Arrow Spence. Uh, Mr. Crawford, so on and so forth. There's Shakur Stevens leveling up. Uh, there's Tank Davis leveling up. So there's there's plenty of people that he could actually fight, but he's he said that he would potentially fight and then said he doesn't need to do that for his career. Well, guess what? You do need to do this for your career because people are now going to doubt you. But I can say the one great thing about Canelo losing, outside of him losing, uh, is the fact that we don't have to see a third fight of him fighting triple G again, because nobody wants to see that fight period. Nobody. Um, so yeah, I'm very, 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 very happy on that. Now with all I've said, you probably, do you have anything to say, especially about Canelo? I hope you do. I, uh, I could care less about <laughs> Canelo, I guess, but I Joe, uh, it was like Joe Rogan was saying like he was on a vegan diet and that's part of the reason he lost that Canelo lost. Yeah, that's what like I saw on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the vegan diet is is fueling Chris Paul through the playoffs. So which yeah, which I way are we having this? I'm guy? just reading headlines, man. You know, I I, it's uh, I I know uh, Mike Tyson ended up saying something about uh, Canelo and was talking about him not using his jab and that's what stopped him from winning is that he didn't use his jab. Um, but again, I'm very happy that, uh, he lost. Um, it's, uh, it just makes my day, makes my day. So, I mean, it was a perfect segue into, do you care? That was, it was beautiful. Let's go. Let's go. You're the segue King. I, I try to be, you know, I try to be, uh, another podcast, another time to talk about Tom Brady, uh, crazy news that came out Tuesday morning. <laughs> Uh, Tom Brady is expected to join Fox Sports on a lucrative deal as their lead NFL analyst, replacing Troy Aikman, um, who went over to ESPN. Uh, whenever Brady's playing career ends, uh, this is from the New York Post. Seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback has agreed to a 10-year, $375 million contract, the most lucrative in sports broadcasting history. Just for context, Hayes. 10 years, $375 million. Brady, at, with 22 seasons played, this is according to CBS Sports HQ, 
uh, 302.9 million dollars in 22 seasons, and he will more than double that in just 10 years with Fox Sports. Do you care? I don't want to care. <laughs> Is what I'll start off with it, but I do care. Um, I care because my eyes are going to have to see Tom Brady for another 10 years after he retires. Um, Hopefully he's as awful as Drew Brees and they can cut that time into like a fourth. um, So we don't have to maybe even an eighth. So we don't have to see him for too long. Um, I would care even more if I'm an analyst that has been doing this for my whole career and covering Tom and trying to work my way up and then to see him walk into this pivotal position and then get this pay. Um, I'm never one to count another man's pocket or woman's pocket. Um, but it would just really irk me knowing that I put in the time, went to school for this, uh, you know, I had to get myself in these positions and rooms to get myself elevated to that. And then this guy just walks off the field and walks in and does it. Now I know it makes money, for Fox sports and it's a great move for them. But if I'm, if I'm an analyst, that's somebody that's been working real hard to get to that point. Like it would really irritate me. Um, so that's the reason I care, but overall I'm just overhearing his name. Um, I know he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but I, I can do it. Yeah, I, hear you. I hear you. Um, I hope he's good. We joke about like Steve Nash making, you know, being a head coach and never, holding a clipboard before and being on a coaching staff, but this is like, you know, you, you just assume that, I mean, I think Peyton Peyton's proven that he would be great on TV. He, he yeah. has yeah. done it this year. He's done it in the past breeze was, you know, definitely green. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest Drew Brees fan you'll find. And, uh, I'll certainly admit that he was not good in the games that he called, um, but there's room for improvement here. You can't just be Tony Romo out the gate here, but it's just kind of, you know, to your point about making more than other people, it's like an NFL fans going to care more about what Tom Brady has to say than Greg Olson. That's just, and Greg's great on TV and he's, you know, been groomed for this for a long time. He's wanted to do this. Um, just more people care about what he's got to say than, you know, it's it's star power. It's it's definitely uh, you will be tuned into that game of the week, and uh, uh, you know Aikman makes more than Joe Buck, Romo makes more than Jim Dance. It's just you know whoever is in the NBC seat is going to make more than Mike Tirico. It's just kind of the way that the world is there. I just I hope Brady's good, um, but yeah, I'm I'm over. Um, I think he's got to be honest. I think he's got to. Like, not just like he's got a lot of friends in this league, but he's just got to show like what's made him so like great on the playing field. And just he's just got to show that in the booth. And that's a hard thing for former players to do. You see it on like, you know, TV shows and sports shows and, and you know, calling games, just the being honest. You, you don't want to hurt your friends' feelings or organizations you've played for, people you know within the organization. But you just gotta you you gotta have honest eye, you know. I, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear you patting your friends on the back. So, agreed, agreed. We got uh, just in the you know the world of the NFL will stay there. Uh, you know, 
it's been rumored and now official that the Broncos, the Denver Broncos are up for sale. And there are projections that their sale price would smash the NFL record for uh, a team being purchased with, uh, in the case of this being over $5 billion. This is according to Pro Football Talk. Uh, it's expected, you know, the sale for the Broncos is expected to reach five billy. And it, um, if that happens, it would not only smash the NFL record, which is held by the Panthers at half of that 2.275 billion, um, but would be the most money ever spent to buy a sports franchise. I think Chelsea was just bought for a you know, around five billion dollars. I think that happened like last week. Um, the other U.S. team record, though, is the Brooklyn Nets were recently purchased for $2.35 billion. Um, Hayes, do you care? No, because <laughs> it's the rich getting richer. I don't give a damn about this. I don't care. It's the Broncos, whatever. Um, I mean, I guess it's cool that it's $5 billion, but I'm not touching even a dollar in it, so I don't care. Um it just is what it is at this point in time. I guess it's cool overall if you're like a, a stat nerd or you're just keeping, you know, historical record of it. But for me, I can care less, to be honest. There, there were rumors that like the Manning brothers were with a, uh, a group that was interested in buying the Broncos. I think that would be really cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I generally don't care. But I just wonder if the Broncos, you know, are worth that what are what are the cowboys worth what are the giants worth what are the you know uh you know some of these great sports franchises what are the yankees worth? Mm. you know it's got to be double that um so it's yeah. just you know that's just you know what it is now but yeah i, I generally don't care but I'd be interested to see who actually uh buys this team last but not least uh, FIFA and EA Sports announced that they're ending their video game partnership. The game will continue, of course, uh, as EA Sports FC will be introduced after next season. Uh, la- next year is the last FIFA installment. EA Sports and FIFA have partnered for over three decades to produce the sports game franchise. Do you care? Um, no. Uh, no, I'm lying. I do care because I'm a gamer and I love the gaming history of this. I uh, play FIFA. I haven't played in years. Uh, literally been over a decade since I last played. But um, yeah, it's 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 it sucks to hear that, but it it happens, right? And it's it's gonna it's either gonna make the franchise better if they continue to keep that name uh, going forward uh, and see what EA Sports does. Um, but with all the technology that is happening, I wouldn't be surprised if this improved and got even better. Um, but we'll see. I'm not a, I'm not a FIFA fan. I haven't been playing, so I don't know. I can only tell you what the game visually looks like and just knowing the, the engine that it plays on, uh, I know it's, it is a good game. I just don't play myself, but for those that are, are FIFA fans, I'm sure, uh, it might be bittersweet. Um, just that, but I don't think people are buying the game because it was EA. They're buying the game because it's FIFA and they get to play with their favorite uh, football player and put on their favorite knit of their team and go from there. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just generally not a fan of the FIFA organization, so I don't really care in that regard. 
or or maybe I do care. Um, but I haven't. I'd much rather play FIFA than watch football, soccer. Mm-hmm. But when you know when it's World Cup time, I'm 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 into oh, it. Oh, I can't wait! I can't yeah. wait! I'm so, betting money on USA to try to win it all because that the odds on that I think is like eighty one to one or something like that. Some craziness. Right. So yeah, I'll put <clears> money on that and just. I mean, it might. It's probably gonna be money lost, but whatever. If they win, then I'll be sitting here pretty. So I'll take it. Um, hey yeah. man, you, you got to be in it to win it. That's for sure. That is for sure. Well, that's do you care for this week? And we end this podcast as we always do. Hayes, what are you looking forward to this week? Kendrick Lamar. Damn it, you stole mine. <laughs> that's that's. I love that there's sports going on and stuff like that, but this is my sport. K Dot is coming back. Uh, dropped amazing visual song already. Just got a, a thing that I'm going to share with Sam, but I'll share with you guys now. Uh, the artwork for this single that came out is a bunch of hands, but it's actually the hands of all of the people that he uses in that music video. Oh, really? Is, I was wondering yeah. what the I yeah was wondering what that meant. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you so you can see. My mind was just blown while we we're doing this. I I purposely didn't drop my jaw because I didn't want to lead away to it. But yes, Kendrick Lamar, and obviously, you know NBA playoffs. So yeah, how how about yourself? I know Kendrick, but what else? Yeah, um, you know, obviously we we just spent a whole podcast talking about the NBA playoffs and that's going on, but the NFL uh, schedule is released on Thursday. It's true. It is. So it'll be interesting to see what good. I hope, you know, there's already been some leaked matchups and, you know, well, the they overseas announced, games. They announced the first Monday night game, which yeah. just so happens to be the second of the double header against the Vikings. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested yeah, w- to see what happens. Be interested to see which game Joe Buck and Troy Aikman call, but mm-hmm. um I assume they're probably going to do the, the later the one. Later one yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, so I'll just be, you know, it's, I think the NFL, I mean, we've documented this. Well, the NFL will turn a game show into the <laughs> NFL draft into like a yeah. much wa- must watch event. Sure. And the fact that there's like a schedule release, like it's an event is like wild. Um, but that's just what the NFL does. It, it is top of mind 12 months out of the year and uh, they completely own the sports calendar even in the middle of spring and summer Um, so looking forward to that and and you know yankees have some tough matchups with uh the blue jays for a couple games and then the underperforming white Sox. so uh this weekend so we'll see uh, your white Sox. um (laughs) i know you liked them last year so we'll, we'll see. That's that's me. And, and of course, a new Kendrick album comes out on uh, Friday. And as Hayes mentioned, if, if you haven't heard the new Kendrick single, uh, was it the Heat Part 5? Uh, the Heart. Part the Heart five. Part 5. I'm sorry. Uh, if you haven't heard that, check it out. And the video is incredible. That's, that it is. That's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, Thank you, everyone who listened. However you listen, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for making us part of your routine. And uh, make sure, you know, special thanks to our partners at K104 and being a part of the K104 Podcast Network. 
k104online.com slash podcast there's some great podcasts on there as well we're very uh honored to be a part of that group uh yeah so for hayes my name is sam thanks so much for listening and until next week peace king kendrick is dropping an album on may 13th mr morale and the big steppers I know we just talked about it a second ago, but I don't know how huge of a deal that you guys actually know that this is to me. I've seen this man perform at this point in time seven times live. I've followed his career from when he was underground, when I went to my former barber and he played a mixtape and I had no idea who this person was, which is hard for people to do is put me up on music because I'm normally ahead of the curve. But he put me up onto his mixtape, which at that point in time was Section 80. And from that point in time, I have not stopped listening to Kendrick and have been telling everybody that he has been the best rapper since the point in time of him stepping onto the scene. And I am so ecstatic that the Nobel Peace Prize winner is dropping an album when you guys hear this two days from now. So get yourself ready, get the popcorn ready, because it's definitely going to be a movie. And I can't wait. Shout out to you, Kendrick. Shout out to the hip hop community. Shout out to a place that raised me, which is hip hop. And uh, see you next week. Bye.